Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, welcome. What took you? You look lovely today. I'm glad you can join us. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Ah, this is Steve. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I, I called a few weeks ago and talked to Vladdy. And actually, now I got a question. Got a French Bulldog and a Boston Terrier puppy. Uh-huh. And trying to find out what might be the uh, a good insurance plan, pet insurance, medical insurance, for a reasonable rate uh, that I would be able to apply for for our puppy dogs. Okay, and you can't save. You can't put any in your way. You're not that kind of guy that likes to save money. I, I do save money, but... Uh, actually, I, I spend more than I should. Um, I do like to save money, but I also want to worry about my pets just in case something does happen and I don't have enough to be able to cover what needs to be done. That's why I'd like to get pet insurance. Okay. Do you want to hear from Judy's camp or my camp? Because we have two different thoughts on this. <laughs> I'd like to hear from both camps. Okay. Well, I still think that the best thing to do is take the money that you would pay for the premiums for the insurance and put it in a savings account. Instead of paying the insurance, sock money away every month, and that way you have the cash. If something goes wrong, something happens, and if nothing happens, then you still have that money in a savings. You can earn interest on it, and insurance is still kind of iffy with some veterinarians. It doesn't cover all procedures, and uh, my recommendation would be just to save the money and put it away in a savings if you can force yourself to do that every month. And if you're okay. like me, though, you can't force yourself to do that every month. And it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. hard for me. My girlfriend's better at it than I am. <laughs> well, here's the deal is a few years ago, I think Judy was really on target with that. I think uh, in the last decade, there's been a lot of new procedures that have come about that, uh, you know, more and more dogs are going and undergoing certain procedures that cost a lot of money these days. And you could be hit off guard uh, even in the early portion of your saving process if you're saving. So more and more, I think veterinarians are taking the insurance and more and more people are saying, geez, I'm really glad that I had the insurance. Now, with your dogs, you have a bulldog and a terrier, the bulldog kind of predisposed to a lot of medical issues. So I would hedge the bets, go with the insurance. Your original question, what insurance company would be good? Well, you know, they're they're all very similar in their rates. And I got to say, I can't really endorse a specific one because myself, I don't have it. I don't have pet insurance and neither does Judy. But there are a couple of places you can go to, a couple of uh, that are sponsored by the ASPCA, the Humane Society of the United States. They have programs. Uh, Best Friends has programs that are uh, uh, sponsored through. And those are all like humane organizations. Uh, right. Some of the good insurance companies that we, we hear from all the time, VPI, Veterinary Pet Insurance. Uh, Pets Best is a great company run by Dr. Jack Stevens. Also check with your veterinarian to see if he works with insurance companies, what insurance companies yes. that he might yeah. accept and might be able to recommend. He'll know uh, what companies are paying what on certain procedures and might be able to guide you to a specific insurance company. How old are your dogs? Our Boston is going on five months, and our Frenchie is going on almost two. Young dogs, still young dogs. Yeah. Okay, well, Very I, young. I feel like we probably confused you, huh? No, you didn't <laughs> confuse me. I, I gave you a lot to think about, and uh, we'll talk to the vet. But it, what 
I was listening to another talk show host, and he was talking about his Boston's and freak of nature. One had to have a spleen removed, five thousand dollars when I was real young. Yeah, yeah, you, you see, know, it's something like that that just worries me, and I don't want. I I would not want to have to be to have a family pet put to sleep for something I should be able to cover. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's well, if you want to play it safe, of course, the insurance is the best bet. And you know what's really interesting? We're seeing more and more of this perks that jobs are offering employees not only now include insurance for themselves, but they include insurance <laughs> for their pets, too. So you see, it's becoming more and more important as uh, more and more procedures are being done on these animals. Right, just like auto insurance. Yeah. If your pet's in the car, they're covered under right. the insurance if there's an accident or something. Good topic. Good question. We appreciate your call today. Thank you. You all have a great weekend. You drive carefully. one 405 8405 Welcome back to Animal Radio, one 405 8405 to speak to any one of the members of our dream team. I like the way that sounds. Your medical questions for the on-call vet this hour, Dr. Jill. Your dog behavior questions for Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, in just a moment. Hey, Jill, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Very well. I'm sorry, Dr. Jill. I, I was <laughs> oh, getting okay. a little friendly with you there. You get a little too friendly. You know, you do go to college for a long time. Actually, more than the uh, human docs go to college to become a veterinarian, and you should deserve the respect of doctor. Well, you go about the same amount. You go an under, you go undergraduate, um, and then you go vet school itself is four years. In addition to your four years undergraduate, the difference is, is you don't have to go through a residency program, but a majority of veterinarians now do. But you could go out after you graduate and start practicing the next day as long as you have a license. Whereas human doctors have to go through a residency program. Okay. Like you see on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? This is Ruth. Hi, Ruth. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Where are you calling from today? Right now I'm in Arizona. In Arizona. And I bet it's hot. I know it's hot here, so it must be hot there, huh? It's 91 here, but it was only 73 up on Flagstaff. I'm heading eastbound. Wow. Okay, so you must be a driver, yes? Yes, sir. Okay. Please don't call me sir. That's my dad. <laughs> Makes me feel so old. You are on with Dr. Jill. Hi, Hi Dr. Ruth. Jill. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, but uh, we have a problem with our chihuahuas. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. We have a mix. Chihuahuas is always it. So is something going on with chihuahuas. Well... Our female three and our little boy, a year and a half. Uh-huh. He has been in heat three times since we had him. And he doesn't get the idea of how to do it. How to mate with her. I see that your female is a cougar. You know what a cougar is? No. It's like uh, Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher. When an older woman goes after a younger man, they're called oh. cougars. Oh, well, she has actually been receptive. The last time she was very receptive. She wasn't before. Of course. He's a young stud. Yeah. But was it because he was too young or because he just doesn't get it? Well, you know, men are never at our equal. You know, it always takes them a while to get at our equal, especially he's young and he's inexperienced. It's like the graduate. You know, he's he's young and inexperienced, and she's a woman that's been out there and 
knows what to do. So it may be a yeah, little intimidating to him, too. Dr. Jill, she's a virgin too, so I mean, oh, she is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, you only, you don't know what she does behind closed doors. She could have been out there wild, and you don't know. She could have kept just I've a low had, profile. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, sweetie, I've had her since she was six weeks old. Okay. Him, we got him out of the out of the kennel, um, a breeding kennel, when he was seven months, okay. and they've been okay. together constantly ever since. <laughs> But, so um, how do you but, get him to how do you get him to mount the right end? <laughs> well, <laughs> get him get him a Play Dog magazine <laughs> and show him the diagrams. Yeah, um, yeah. He's just he's young and he's inexperienced. He's you know he's not as mature as she is, and she's a little bit worldly. Although she's still a virgin, she's still probably more worldly than he is. And it's it's a natural thing when they do mate. So um, it's you know it's not. It's not uncommon that a young, inexperienced dog may not know what to do. Yeah. So you could you could help show him and position him in the right way, or um, you know what? I bet if you let him, you know, together, she might even put him in the right position if she's you know the cougar that she is. But it just it may take a little bit of time. But once he figures out what to do, he'll know what to do in the future. <laughs> yeah, Ruth, I gotta ask, I would be amiss to not ask this question here. Ruth, why are you trying to have your uh, animals uh, mate? Well, I've got a lot of family and friends who just fell in love with them okay. when they yeah. when they meet them. Yeah. So I've got homes for babies. So okay. So they'd be excellent homes. I want to make sure you have homes for those animals there. Yeah. Oh, I'm very, very particular. Good. <laughs> and these okay, these are my kids. I mean, my kids yeah. are all up, grown up with kids of their own. These are my kids now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then maybe if you made them once, you might want to get them, you know, both neutered and spayed. Uh, you know, that'll make them a lot more healthier pets. They'll live a lot longer, and they'll have less chances of having um, certain types of cancers and things. And that's what we had planned. Yeah. Um, oh, good, I have good. so many family and friends that, that want, you know, after their personalities are fantastic. Mm. And they're yeah. not—they're not, they're not yeah. the real tiny ones either. They're the—they're the standard Chihuahua. He's extremely uh-huh. protective. Very. Uh, I mean, nobody comes near my truck. <laughs> yeah. They're like a big dog in a little dog's body, and they usually have love for one person more than they love anybody else, and they'll protect somebody to the death, you know, as far as they can get with their little bodies. But <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what my husband said. He's, he's a little dog, but he's 10 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what would you do if I told you I had a friend who visited me yesterday with her chihuahua, and he came in wearing a poncho and sunglasses? <laughs> Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't go that far. Yeah, you don't dress up your, your chihuahua, Ruth, do you? No. They they wear harnesses, and they feel naked without them. They actually stand still for me to put them back on after they've had their bath. Good. Oh. <laughs> they good. just wear their harnesses, and, you know, they're they're leashed most of the time. My little girl was very easy, easy to train. Um, I used little tiny pieces of pepperoni when she was a baby. Mm. Oh. And... Yeah, and she she actually before I uh, came back out on the road, she actually would pee on command. I wow. do that. I do that. <laughs> you don't count. <laughs> okay. Pee how pee. This is a command. Yeah. <laughs> so all I have to do is just wait and let nature take its course, huh? 
Yeah, you you can try to coax them a little bit and and you know and see how it goes, but it's it's natural. It's you know eventually he'll catch on. He's just you know he can't help it. He's a man. It takes a little while to catch on. He's not an experienced woman like she is, and she knows more about the world. But um, but I'm sure it'll all work out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you very yeah. much. I really appreciate. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Ruth. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank Keep you. on trucking. All I have to say is go Cougars. Go Cougars. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Still to come on today's show, a lady who says we can teach our dogs sign language, like American Sign Language. <laughs> kind of a weird concept. And right now... We're supposed to be, Vladi is supposed to be answering questions. He's not in the studio. Do you know where he is? No, but I think he's on his way. Okay. Hey, Dave, can you call him on his cell? Oh, you're already doing that? Here, put it on the air. Hey, are you close? Yeah, I'm a couple of minutes away. Uh, did you put the hot tea on my table? Uh, yes, I have, uh, have hot water. You usually bring your own tea. Do you want me to put yeah, I have my own tea. Do you have a spoon or something so I put next? Yes. Say hi to Hal and Judy. Hi, Hal and Judy. Hi, Vlade. He can't. He can't hear you, but yeah, uh-huh. I got it up to the microphone. Come on up, and uh, I have everything ready for you. Okay. Okay. Bye. Yeah. And Dave, I'll take a little <laughs> bit of toast with my tea. Do you take honey with your toast, honey? <laughs> Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit redcross.org or petcentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Who knows what's best for your pets? You do. You and pet lovers just like you. At Zoo2.com, you share your experiences with pet products and services, see how other pet lovers rate them, and say what you think about anything related to pets. Best of all, it's absolutely free. And everything you do on Zoo2.com earns points to help your local pet shelter or rescue group. That's Z-O-O-T-O-O.com. Zoo2.com, bringing pet lovers together to help pets and each other. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. 
The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. We will waste no time. It is the world-famous Russian dog wizard that, of course, is Vladi. Hey, Vladi, how you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? Doing good. Do you have your uh, you have your tea? Is your tea all good? Yes, I got my tea ready, and I have uh, my Mika with me, my German Shepherd Mika. Mika, come on, baby. Come on. Hey, sit, Mika. Good girl. Mika, what is the best dog trainer? <laughs> yes. Right? Right? Good. Down. Down. Yes, I have another one, Alki. She's, you know, uh, she's 14 years old. Her personality-wise, she reminds me of John McCain, you know. You know, 14 years old sometimes hurts there, sometimes hurts there. Sometimes she doesn't see well, doesn't hear well. But, you know, that's why I left her in the car. And she's still good on security, as a matter of fact. So I left her in the truck to guard my truck. Hopefully, you know, nobody's going to call police. In this country, you know, you never know. You know, if, if they're human on the street, nobody even cares. If the dog is somewhere, they call police. So, anyway. You ready to, ready to take some calls? Let's go to the phones. I'm always ready. Okay, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Hello? Yes, who is this? Hi, this is Edie. Edie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? Very good. Where are you calling from? California. Where? Big state. Northern, southern? Southern California. Southern California. Well, welcome to Animal Radio. Thank you. Yes. Edie, you are with Vladi. How are you? What what city you are from? I'm Newport Beach. Wow. (laughs) That's the city I'm moving to very soon. Beautiful. Okay, so go ahead. I will be well, very I, careful what I say, so you would not bite me back when I will be go there. <laughs> oh, I don't bite too hard. Um, I just have a couple of questions. I have a three and a half year old Lhasa Opso who has been. Oh a boy, my my commiseration, my mentality. This is one of the breed which I tell the when the people tell me about this breed, I my mentality take a deep breath. Oh, so go she's ahead. a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. Well, you know, sometimes, um, I believe it. I, when the God closed the door, sometimes he opened the window. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I just adopted, um, my husband and I just adopted Saturday night um, a one-year-old Karen Terrier from a shelter. And okay. um, they seem to be getting along fairly good. They've worked out their little food issues over the weekend. But um, Gracie, who's the older one, the Lhasa, still seems to be a little bit sad, and it just breaks my heart when the, when the puppy, Rosie, is coming up for hugs and kisses. You know, Gracie kind of retreats and goes away. Um, I, I guess there'd be, there'd be a little bit of that jealousy, but we'll eventually get over that. And is there anything I can do? Should I spend time with just Gracie alone sometimes? And then yes, the you do. You do. Okay. I suggest you to take the Gracie with you everywhere you go. Okay. Okay. And I would also, but I would focusing still on the improving the relationship. So I would, you know, I don't know to what degree your newcomer is trained, but I definitely would take the Gracie with me everywhere I go. Uh, what I would do also, I maybe sometimes, um, when the newcomer is not around, I maybe will not attention to the Gracie. Try to do this. Try make sure when the Gracie is around and other dog is around too and you give them equal love and affection. 
make sure when the newcomer is not around, no attention to the Gracie. So the Gracie needs to figure out, hey, when that dog is around, you know, I get some fun, and uh, when that dog is not around, nothing is really happening. So in other words, have a couple of crates or put them in the separate rooms, put the gates a little bit, and uh, separate them. And after that, like... Ignore them, and uh, once in a while, let them go. Not once in a while, like frequently. Let them go and kiss and hug both of them and play with them. And after suddenly stop and put them back in the crates or back in another rooms for the break. And have to do it again and again and again. So they would be looking for the fun when both dogs would be around. Okay, okay. I just Gracie's been such a princess and been so alone for so long that I feel like all of a sudden she'd be like, what the heck am I doing in a crate? I haven't been in the crate she in will, years. Uh, don't put it in the crate. Uh, you, oh, you just, uh, a different room. Okay. Yeah, a different room with the gate. But the idea is the Gracie needs to think, well, you know, maybe that dog is a sniff funny and send funny and moves the funny movement, but it's okay because when that dog is around, I'm getting something out of it, you know. Maybe even try to give her more more affection and love when they are two together, rather than maybe give less love and affection comparison uh, to the newcomer. Because okay. it's another biggest mistake that people make. They try to overcompensate because they adopted the puppy and God bless your heart. But you know, people try to over overcompensate that love and affection to the newcomer. So instead of that, be reserved with the newcomer and give a lot of affection, fun, and love when uh, newcomers around you in other dog, but uh, old dog, but give more love and affection to the old dog in the presence of the newcomer. That's the key is. Okay. Do I have time for another question? Sure. Another huge, well, Rosie, the little one, I mean, I tried to push her away. She's a little, sprightly little thing. She's um, She can jump like, up to my waist. She's jumping. She's a little Karen Terrier. I'll tell you, that mm -hmm. thing can jump so high. I, I, I try to push her down with my knee, but she passes my knee. No, it's not going to work. So you want to ask me how to stop her from jumping, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Go to the bicycle shop, okay. local bicycle shop, and get a CO2 uh, uh, bicycle tire inflator. Okay. Okay, and make make sure get the one which can be activated by pushing the button, not the one which you need to push it uh, body uh, uh, across the uh, tire. The one which, the one which you're looking for, which you're pushing the button yourself, and it's spray of the CO2 that's very harmless spray will comes out. So every time when she jumps. Push the button, and the compressed air comes, and the dogs hate surprise. So surprise your dog a couple of times when the dog jumps. Just, uh, you know, how many times dogs ju jumps under rose bushes? Of course, if it's not stupid Labrador Retriever, who can be, <laughs> who can eat those ro rose bushes. But the, the thing is, you know, Mother Nature knows how it works. Uh, the dog jumps under rose bushes, rose bushes bites. So when a uh, dog jumps on you or somebody else, somebody needs to bite. And that actually, okay. if you're a married woman, that works good on your husband, too, I hear. <laughs> yes, Our, it is. <laughs> I came him a long time ago. <laughs> hey, can I ask a favor from you? Could you email me at um, vladi at animalradio.com, uh, your maybe uh, email address, something that I have. I know I'm not asking the phone number, but at least email address and such and such, because I'm launching the special website with a lot of tips for California area, so I will send you a link. Absolutely. And is it V-L-A-D-Y? No, V-L-A-D-A-E. A-E. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. At, at animalradio.com. Animal I sure will do that. Absolutely. Um, I'm, all, I'm looking for tips. There, um, one more thing. They seem to, 
they seem to be really doing pretty good. I mean, you know, we haven't had any all-in-out brawls, and they're actually, I mean, I work full-time, and, and my husband's out of town, and um, they're home alone. What do you do, by the way? What do, what does who do? What do you do? What is your occupation? Oh, I'm a full-time interior designer. Oh, great. Okay, go ahead. So, um, well, they're home for the past couple of days, and, you know, Rosie, the baby's already housebroken. She hasn't had any accidents, and they've been really good. I haven't come home to anything being chewed or, or, um, or you know, um, destroyed. Um, the only problem seems to be when I come in, they're both vying for my attention so heavily that I... I mean, I can't even breathe, you know, I mean, it... <laughs> um, okay, use the, tech, use the tactic with the Taliban husband comes home. He's not giving his wife's kisses and hugs. He tells them, go do dishes and go do laundries. So, uh, no welcome home celebration, but I know right now you have to put a little bit heavy weight on it because okay. you may be not giving them attention, but they jumps all over you. So, have the same, uh, the same compressed air device, which I asked you, suggest you before. Enter the house, they jumps on you, you say, welcome, kids, Psst. <laughs> they jumps back, and you ignore them for 10, 15 minutes. After that, you say to him, hey, come on, man, and okay. pet them. And say, my friend, it's like it's like exactly with the humans, okay? Dog training, it's like training the man. The more attention you give, the less you will get in return. The less attention, the more dear it is. Make okay. sure when you come in, no attention at all. If somebody demand for attention, you have to act like any American girl would act. Don't touch, don't harass. Bam! They backs off. Now you, you want to get attention, do it always on your terms, not on their terms. Okay, my friend? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. And don't forget to send me your email address. I'll send it when I get home tonight. Thank you. Bye. Hello, hello, hello. Well, it's good to be back on Animal Radio, your resident party animal, Vinnie Patton, coming at you uh, and loving every minute of the Animal Radio airwaves. One of the things that I uh, love and admire the most about Animal Lover, it's going to be serious, going to have a serious one today. I, I, I hope those of you who came here looking for laughs won't be bummed out by this, but it's the way that animal and pet lovers rally around the issues and they're not afraid to sign petitions to draw up petitions and to do things of that nature i really respect that i really admire that in there and 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 that's why i'd like to bring one to the table right now to get a petition made up for and circulated and put a stop to something and uh the people we'd be targeting right now are those who come up with merchandising for cat owners the 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 things that cat owners it's bad enough the things that cat owners will buy and wear but what's even worse is is the stuff that these people come up with do you know i was at the mall last night i actually saw a woman walking my way she must have been in her 40s late 40s or so she had on this glittery big baggy sweatshirt and it had a picture of a cat on it wearing a cowboy hat and it had a lasso and it said cat a girl on it, like, cat a girl, And I just looked at this, and I thought, it's not this woman's fault that she, someone, it's probably the worst stock, stocking stuffer known to man that she got stuck with this probably glow-in-the-dark cowboy cat sweatshirt. It's not her fault. It's not even her fault if she bought it for whatever reason. It's the merchandiser's fault. And why is it always cats? Another one I saw once, it was actually a really good-looking girl, too. She had on a shirt that said, Sex and the Kitty. 
and uh, the, the, there was a cat where Sarah Jessica Parker's Carrie Bradshaw was supposed to be. I don't even know what to make of this. Cat erotica. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. And she's like twirling in, in high heel shoes, and it's a cat, and it's in sex and the kitty. Uh, now, you know, the merchandisers out there are thinking, hey, Vinny Penn, party animal, say whatever you want. We make a bundle of money on that stuff. But you are, you're causing corneal abrasion because there is such disbelief when people see other people wearing this that we rub our eyes so violently. You're causing corneal abrasion. And like I said, it's always the cat. It's just cats. You don't see like somebody who's got a huge aquarium at home wearing a shirt that says, I've got fish shoes. And big picture of, of of goldfish on his shirt, making funny faces. You don't see that cool Harley dude who has a snake wearing a shirt that says "Snake it or leave it." So let's get the petition up. That's actually a great line, tagline right there for a plumber. Let's get the petition made and out to the cat merchandising folks. Um, I guess the best way to end this week's segment would be cats all folks. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. The Midwest floods are keeping volunteers busy finding no-kill shelters to handle the number of pets seeking homes. In Illinois, there are about 50 no-kill animal shelters who report taking in scores of pets, victims of floodwaters. In many cases, the owners lost their homes and are looking for permanent shelter for themselves as well as their pets. This demand has created a network of volunteers who are working to transport the pets to no-kill shelters in the Chicago area. Dogs and cats aren't the only animals battling floodwaters. In Iowa this week, a team of rescuers were able to save 15 pigs who'd been stranded near the Big Ditch Levee in Oakville. Those pigs were transported to their new home in Watkins Glen, New York. The estate of the woman once called the Queen of Mean could literally go to the dogs. That is, if her final wishes are followed. Turns out, Leona Helmsley left a two-page mission statement for her $8 billion trust, instructing trustees to use it for the care and welfare of dogs. The news comes from a couple of anonymous sources who say they saw that document left by Mrs. Helmsley, who died last August. However, some lawyers say that because the document wasn't incorporated into her will or trust, it may be meaningless. There is hope for the dogs Mrs. Helmsley wanted cared for, though. The New York State Probate Court won't be able to just ignore her wishes since long-standing laws favor following a donor's intent. The South Korean team of scientists who created the world's first cloned dog three years ago say they've done it again. Their first success was an Afghan named Snuppy, cloned in 2005. Now the team says three cloned puppies are expected to arrive this month from surrogate mothers. The McKinney family paid $50,000 to the South Korean firm RNL Bio to clone their former pit bull terrier named Booger, who died in 2006. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Judy, if you'll remember last year, our friend Dr. Melinda Merck from the ASPCA acquired a brand new CSI vehicle in the yes. wake of the Michael Vick, that whole ugly incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she could go around 
doing forensics on, well, whatever animal abuse or cruelty cases she runs into, I guess. Mm -hmm. And before, she was doing this all out of the trunk of her car. She has this new vehicle. <laughs> and the good news is that the vehicle is... Well, it's getting a little bit of mileage. The bad news is that, unfortunately, it's taken Dr. Melinda Merck to Tennessee. Are you there now? Is that where you are, Doctor? Uh, in Tennessee, no. I was, uh, thank goodness, was able to come home Sunday. Okay, so you just got home. Tell us the situation in, in Tennessee. I understand it's the largest ever puppy mill raid. Yeah, that was a, um, it was a 90-acre property, and uh, we ended up taking a total of 747 animals was the last count I heard. Wow. Uh, approximately 650, 680 were dogs and cats. Mm -hmm. uh, 25 were cats. So it was... Um, Predominantly, the, the puppy mill part of it was what we were um, dealing with. And it was a um, it was an intense scene. I think that's the understatement of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just a massive amount of animals. What was the health? I mean, we know that psychologically, puppy mills are no good. But how were they physically? It was a wide range. Uh, we had some criticals there at the scene uh, that had to be rushed for some urgent care. And then... It was the, typically what you find with any neglect hoarder puppy mill situation, which is, you know, living in filthy conditions, um, a, a typical setup with the wire floor cages, uh, which is really um, bad for their feet. And uh, smaller dogs and smaller puppies, especially newborns, can get stuck or fall through those. And um, just filthy conditions, thin, malnutrition, that kind of, everything you see with neglect. Um, and I don't really think people understand or the public doesn't grasp what puppy mill industries do. It's a situation where people have all different kinds of breeds, usually, of animals. And they focus on one breed of dogs. And they just breed them and breed them and breed them. And they're just used as a source to generate income. They can sell these animals um, depending on the breed, from anywhere from 300 to 3,000. And they just, there's no um, records of how they're breeding and keeping the genetic lines clean. They're inbreeding. There's um, all the problems that we see related to certain types of breeds. Like with King Charles, they get heart problems or golden retrievers and their hips. These and animals, so, they, they end up in pet stores? Yes, that's the number one place they end up in pet stores. Uh, they may, may sell them over the internet. Um, they may so they may sell them directly to you. You know, I you know I have a purebred, and a lot of friends of mine have purebreds. But you and and I'm not against purebreds. It's how it's visiting the breeder, having a reputable breeder, and you should be able to see the whole facility. And when you are buying animals unseen, not knowing the parents. I always have looked at the parents of the animals. I tell my clients to do that. You, you have to look at the whole setup. And if mm -hmm. it's not right, you need to report them. Mm. And here's the thing. We get calls day in and day out. Somebody calls in and says, I just got this dog from a pet store, and it, it, it poops in its kennel. Yeah, I can't get it not to poop in it. Well, maybe that's what it learned because it was uh -huh. in a puppy milk cage. Or it's it's uh, it's having hip problems. It's a young young dog. It has hip problems. It's having all kinds of physical problems. And they right. wonder, the biggest misconception is that at pet stores, you're going to find a healthy animal. In fact, you're probably not going to, are you? No, I think it's one of the worst places that you can do get them. And the, the other aspect of that is, yes, they have, a lot of these animals haven't felt solid ground. They've not, um, they don't know how to walk on a leash. And, you know, that can be common in puppies anyways. But the, um, 
other aspect that you hear is people see these animals at pet stores, see these puppies, and they know they're being supplied by a puppy mill, but they feel, they feel like they're rescuing them. Mm-hmm. And so they'll still go by them thinking, they're well, at least they're giving it a good home. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize they're just perpetuating the cycle. And most of these dogs appear healthy as puppy, but these health problems can come out a few months to a year later. Everything that you, I mean, they can have, um, you know, some, like I said, uh, the King Charles Cavalier Spaniels are an example where they have, tend to have these heart problems. And then there's joint problems like in the giant breeds and, um, and just inbreeding. About this uh, in Tennessee, I guess it was at the, uh, what, Bluffs? I forget the name. What was the uh, kennel there? Oh, Bluff Kennels? Pine Bluff Kennels. Um, Yeah, Pine Bluff, that's it. How did you find out about this 92-acre facility? It was, um, I actually got called in by Jeff Beyer. He is the field operations director for the disaster services for HSUS. And um, he... um, is we are friends with him. I've met him. He's got a law enforcement background, done a lot of investigations, but he also has the experience to put together a massive op- operation like this. And so he was a great liaison, worked with the uh, district attorney's investigators, did the whole setup. It was a month of planning uh, for this, because you can imagine there's no shelter that can accommodate that many animals, none. And so he, he called me. We need we need to do the forensics. We need we need you at the scene. And I will say that on this case, that one of the most amazing things was to have the ASCA and the Maine Society of the United States working together. This was our first time as a collaborative effort. Yeah, <laughs> I, I noticed that. Now, where are these animals now? The um, they were all few um, organizations and shelters from out the southeast and the east coast. Really, um, were contacted and came and. They all went to, um, they were divvied up uh, to Florida, to Atlanta, and to Washington, D.C., and then to some local groups and, and a few individuals that were working there. And um, one of the sheriff's deputies adopted a little a little dog. So they all got placed, and they were, it was amazing because they, you could tell some of them hadn't been touched. Mm-hmm. And, and for us working with them... Um, in talking with several of my colleagues, I think it's all hitting us now. The emotional impact is hitting all of us now. But they, they were there was horses and uh, some birds as well, and um, some livestock, and they all got placed. It was an amazing operation. Will the farm's owner face criminal charges? You know that is what um, they are working on now, um, and that's still to be announced. Good. And of course, the uh, ASPCA's Mobile Animal Crime Scene Investigation Unit is, what, six months old now? Six months old and, uh, I would say, broken in. <laughs> uh, getting any, what, what kind of mileage are you getting on it now that gas prices are... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's 11, it's 11 miles a gallon. <laughs> so they're going to have to change our budget. Ah, there you go. Well, we appreciate you taking time to spend with us today and tell us about this very important information, of course, Anyone can learn about the puppy mills at www.aspca.org. And, of course, we'll have links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. It's the ASPCA's Dr. Melinda Merck. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Today is a very momentous occasion for me. Uh, I'm celebrating my first cat's birthday, Thatcher. He would have been... um, 40, 41 today. He would have been 41 years old uh, if he uh, had lived. He actually lived a very long time. He's a Siamese 
was a Siamese seal point cat. And I brought in pictures to show to Judy. And Judy started cracking up because he has the crossed eyes. <laughs> I think he's cute. Oh, yeah. Is that common? That's common for Siamese seal point cats, is it, it is. not? It is. It's something you commonly do see with Siamese. Um, it's, it's a very common characteristic. They don't always have it, but um, if you ha- if you ask the most common cross-eyed cat, it's going to be Siamese. It's it's very uh, much in their in their background. You know, the oldest cat I've ever heard of was a Siamese. He was 24. Mm-hmm. They live a long and time. They seem like, yeah, they do live a long time. They're beautiful cats. Does the cross-eyed affect their vision? Yeah, do they see cross-eyed, and what? Why are their eyes crossed? It's just, um, it's just, you know, a genetic situation with them. They can still see fine. I've seen some that look very severe, and I imagine that the cats are very dizzy. <laughs> but <laughs> the cats I've seen that are like that, they get along fine and they do well. It would be, you know, it just a little bit off kilter, you know, in most cases where it's a, just a little bit. But, um, but they can do fine with it. It's just something you do see in that particular breed. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Make sure you spay to your pets. I keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. Hey, Julie, you have to get one of these return Watt pet tags for Daisy. Last week, Max got lost and was back home in just two hours. Really? How does it work? It's simple. Each pet tag has a unique ID number, which is linked to your name and number. If Daisy ever gets lost, the finder just calls Return Wa's 1-800 number. It's totally safe, confidential, and rewarding. Check out www.returnmypets.com. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Hi, Animal Radio. Who's this? This is Tracy. Hi, Tracy. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Very well. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Laramie, Wyoming. Laramie, Wyoming. Okay. Are you a driver? Yes, I am. Okay. What can we do for you today? Well, me and my husband drive together, and we have a Siamese cat, and she's and a half years old, and basically what I was wondering is, are Siamese totally different 
than other kinds of cats. Yeah, yes, they are. What is your cat do? What is your cat's name? Her name is Emma. What is Emma doing? She does all kinds of things. She plays fetch, and she demands that you play it. Play it. And we didn't <laughs> teach her this. Uh huh. She likes all different kinds of. Well, she mostly likes little tiny mice that we get from the pet store. They look real. Uh huh. And she likes the hair ties without the um, metal bands on them. You uh, know. Uh huh. She loves those milk rings. That's how it all started. Was with milk rings. My husband threw down, and we was watch. We was at home, and we was both kicked back in the recliner, and was watching a movie. She comes and brings the um, milk ring up on the you know foot part of the recliner, and I threw it just because I wanted her to go. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know she was going to bring it back to me, and I didn't realize it until about the second or third time. And ever since then, it has been in, here in the truck. She will will sit in the passenger seat, and whoever is sitting in the passenger seat. She'll come up, and she'll be sitting between you and staring at her sitting in the passenger seat. And if you're not paying attention to her, she'll reach her arm up and tap you. Ah. <laughs> and I know, you know, my husband says we need to video this because people probably think that we're nuts and don't believe a word we say about the stuff that she does. Well, I think you should videotape the fetching. Judy yes. did that. Judy actually videotaped the fetching of her cat, sent it into uh, America's Funniest uh, Pet Plan- Videos or yeah, something Planet's like that. Yeah, Funniest Animals. And made 100, really? 150 bucks on it, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, but Siamese cats are definitely very different. I know that they do live longer. They almost seem human to me. Sometimes they, yeah, sometimes they don't like catnip. Does your cat, does Emma like catnip? We haven't got it very much. Uh-huh. But she, <laughs> now I had a pair of um, sandals that had a really thick sole, and they had like, um, I- I'm thinking it was kind of like hemp around the outside of the Uh-huh. He was, they were lined with something different too, and um, they were thick, and um, they were like braided or something. I don't even know what they were, but uh-huh. if I took them off, she was like, Put her paws through them and lay on them and rub her face on them and <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it was but she would not let me have my shoes. She does. I mean I don't know if it's just because we have her on the truck with us and we pay a lot of attention to her and we notice things but. Uh-huh. I've never ever had a cat like this. It's probably a combination of yes. all of the above. Is your uh, is your Siamese cat cross-eyed? What kind of Siamese cat is it? No, she's a, like a. She's more of the apple-headed. Okay. Uh-huh. And I read in a book that if you don't want them to be very vocal, then you shouldn't answer them back. Well, this is after I started <laughs> answering her. <laughs> yeah. And she'll meow, and I'll say, bye, baby, and she'll, she'll do it again, you know? <laughs> Once you start talking to them, there's no, there's no shutting them up. <laughs> the cats, that is. Hello? Not you. Did we lose you? Okay, going through Wyoming, we probably lost her there. I noticed the cell was cutting out there. Good luck with Emma. Drive carefully. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Emmy Lou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Wow. Wow. What? Oprah Winfrey, Donald Trump, Ryan Seacrest, Taylor Hicks, Ellen DeGeneres. What do they all have in common? These are just some celebrities that I could think of off the top of my head. They won't be on the show today. (laughs) 
but I can think of them just right off the top of my head. We do have the world-famous Russian dog wizard. That, of course, is Vlade. Hey, Vlade, how you doing? Good, good, good. I was thinking you were naming, you, you will name me next to them, but I guess <laughs> the next time. <laughs> okay, America, listen up. If your dog takes you for a walk, bark nonstop, chew you out of your house, and growling and biting, I am your man. I am the dog wizard. I will come to rescue you. I will rescue you from your own dog. I will come with fun, entertainment, and it's gonna, it's going to be here exclusively for Animal Radio. So please give me a call at 1-866-405-8405. It's a rough world out there, son. It's dog eat dog. Alright, you ready? Please listen. Now, your host on Animal Radio, Vlade, the Russian dog wizard, the man behind the system and the phenomenon of the dog world. He's widely known as an international star in the dog training field. The former KGB dog trainer, Vlade, can turn the most notorious canines from around the world into loving companions. When Vlade speaks... Everyone listens. And of course, uh, Judy and Hale always listening when the Vladi talks. And the Vladi, it means me today in uh, Bully Dog Studio in Beverly Hills, Michigan, as usually, Saturday and Sunday. And today with me, I have a special guest. Her name is Mika. Mika, come on, baby. It's my little bitch, my German <laughs> shopper, Mika. She is here. Mika, Vladi is the best dog trainer, right? Mika. Mika, right? Good girl, right? Right? Good girl. Damn. You know, I have another German shopper. She's the big bitch. Her name is uh, Alki. She's the 14 years old. You know, I left her today to guard my truck because she's so very good. At, she's still very good on security. Hell, if somebody comes <laughs> even near to my truck, she's going to snap them by the butt. <laughs> so, how's everything? I got to tell you, I'm looking down at the phones right now. It looks like a Christmas tree. All the lights are lit Blinking. up. Yeah. Well, that's what I say. When the Vladi talks, everybody's listening. When the Vladi talks, the phone is always off hook. You know why? Because this true and only truth, and Vladi gives the people straight to the point suggestions. No spin around, no spin zone, and animal radio. When the Vladi talks, everybody's listening. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Who's this? Uh, this is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Where are you calling um, from? I'm calling from uh, South Carolina right now, Greenville. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good, 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 good. I have a little bit accent. Uh, comparatively, my accent, you have no accent. So sorry for my accent. I think I have a Michigan accent. But go ahead. What is your question? Uh, my question is, uh, I, I got a, a Dawson, a little little Dawson. She's about two. She's about almost about two years old, and uh, I try to get her to use the use the restroom outside, like because I drive a truck. And when I go out, first thing she likes to do. Well, after I get her walk and everything, she uh, and take her back in. She likes to use the bathroom in the truck instead of using the outside, and, and like she's supposed to. And I don't know how to do. Help! Help! Could you please translate it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's happening here is he's uh, his dog when he takes his dog outside of his truck to go to the bathroom. Okay. The dog will urinate, but when they get back in the truck, the dog will go number two inside the truck. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Okay, it's easy things to do. How many times you do, you are feeding your dog? We use dry dog food with uh, with canned dog food. 
Oh, is it is it is it this uh, uh, Judy? Close your ears, please. I don't ask about poop and things like this. Okay. Um, if, if if the stool is uh, like a normal um, uh, consistency, is it fine? Yeah, it's fine. Let me tell you how to fix it because it's easy. Pee would be much difficult. Uh, not really, but at least comparatively. Give your dog food one time per day. Dachshunds and every little breed they have a very fast metabolism, so they're gonna poop. Uh, 40 minutes after the meal, first time, and two, three hours, second time, and four, six hours, the third time. So make sure when you give the food to the dog, uh, within 30 minutes, take you outside. So if uh, do use the command. You see, my dogs pee and poop on the command. Just yesterday I was at the vet hospital. We need to take some uh, um, urine sample. And I said, well, you just, just go outside and take it. I say, Alki, go potty, go potty. Go potty, and she just peed. So, you know, every time when you take your dog outside, tell your dog, whatever words you can use. Some people hear, get dirty, or whatever they say. Go potty, go potty, go potty. She pees, good girl. She finished. Now say, go poop, go poop, go poop. The dog doesn't. Now you know your dog's supposed to poop. It doesn't. So you no, now all you don't need to be KGB agent. You know you're gonna bring the dog back to your truck. Your dog gonna poop inside of the truck. So what you need to do instead of let your dog run around the truck, put your dog in the little crate, like the okay. crate for the cats. Uh, if you don't know what that crate is, ask the hell. He's a cat expert. <laughs> so put the dog in the cr little cat crate. Keep the dog there maybe for 40 minutes, one hour, whatever it takes. Uh, after that, get the dog back. And it's no big deal. It's in, nothing cruel about it because, you know, that crate is next to you. You're traveling with the pet. You know, you say, good girl, good boy. Maybe put your hand around uh, the crate. And uh, the dog is there. But you're, tr you're driving. You can just look around and supervise every dog move okay yeah. so stop by in the next stop because it's all about the habits okay. once your dog will poop a couple of times outside you're done with this so one hour stop by get the dog outside go poop go poop go poop go poop go poop didn't she can go back in the crate for the next one hour and unless she poops and keep her on that schedule for a couple of days but once she start to poop once she's pooping be so happy like it's a goal dropping down Say, good girl, good little bitch, good girl. She finished, yeah. give her treats, be done with this. And do it a couple of times, and it's very easy things to do. Nothing even to complain about. Okay, all right, well, thank you. Thanks for your call, You're Daniel. You're most welcome, and thank you for calling us. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for Kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Woof. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 1-866-405-8405. 
405-8405 to talk to Dr. Jill right now. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Dora. Hi, Dora. How are you doing? Okay, how are you guys? Very well, thank you. Where are you calling from today? Indiana. Indiana. You are on with Dr. Jill. Oh, okay. Hi, Dora. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Okay. Uh, the question I had was, uh, we have a, a male cat is about uh, five, six years old, and on his iris, he has a black speck on his side that showed up, like a, oh, looks like a freckle, like uh-huh. a little black spot, and I was wondering what that was. You know, um, that could be just pigmentation, or it could be something more serious. Some things, when you see pigmentation changes um, like that, especially on the eye, it's always a good idea to talk to your veterinarian and have them do an um, ophthalmic examination on your cat. And they may want to refer it, depending on what they see, they might want to refer it to um, an eye specialist for a cat. But it could be something very simple. It could just be a pigment change in that area, or it could be something more you know, more serious, like potentially, you know, cancer, it could be a pigment change like that, too. Is it on both eyes or just one eye? It's on on his right eye, but it's on uh, each side of the iris. Each side of the iris. Yeah, a matched set of spots. Yeah, that's that's um that's very interesting. Yeah, that's very yeah. I would definitely take him to your vet. What kind of cat is he? Uh, he, he's um just a black and white cat, large just, tom cat. How old is he? Uh, I'd probably say about between five and six. Five and six. Okay, he's not that old. Yeah, and um and he it's not affecting his vision. It's very tiny. Uh, no, he seems fine. He's not blinking or squinching or doesn't look like any pain or anything. Oh, and it just and you it wasn't like that uh, a week ago or just came up or when did you notice it? Uh, well, we drive trucks that so we're off for about ten days at a time, and the last time uh-huh. we came back, noticed it. Okay, yeah, I mean, most likely it's not going to be anything serious, but anytime you see any kind of a pigment change, you always want to assume the worst and talk to your veterinarian right away and have them take a look at it, and then hope for the best because you you don't want to you want to take everything like that seriously, but it may just be. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a um, a pigment change in that one spot, and it may be you know unrelated to anything more serious. But some types of cancers will cause a discoloration, and that's why you want to rule out um, that it's something more serious. So having an eye exam is is definitely a good idea. Okay, our our vet should yeah. be able to refer us then. Go to your first, your regular vet initially, and they can do it. And they can do an, a really good eye exam. They have the equipment there, and they can do an eye exam. But if it is something, if they if they think it's something that's more serious, they probably would re- refer you to a specialist. And if you're in Indiana, um, they have a great vet school there at Purdue. It's in West yeah, Lafayette. So we, we and a, yes, we had a kitty there before. We had to take one down, and she had uh, liver problems. So I'm familiar with Purdue. Yeah. So when there's something when there's something unusual, you know, you first go to your vet, and if it's something they could take care of right there. But if they do refer you, that's a really great vet school there. And I'm pretty sure they have an ophthalmologist there um, that's either on staff or that comes by there. And there's even specialists that that travel through certain areas too. So um, so definitely check your vet and then they'll figure out if it is something more serious and they definitely might want to refer you to a specialist. Okay, yeah. I appreciate it. And I do enjoy the show. We listen all the time when we're on we thank you for listening to Animal Radio, and thanks for your call today. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hopefully Bye. there will be a day where we can just hold our animals, hold our cats up to the, the speakers on the radio, and uh, we won't have to rely on the going to your vet. A lot of times we have to say that, and we actually had to get the jingle singers to uh, go to your vet. Yeah.
There's a lot of situations where it's simply you don't know over the phone, do you? No, yeah. With that, it could be it could be something very simple, but it just makes me scared when you hear about a pigment change because it could be something serious. Better be safe than sorry. Exactly. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Creston. Of course, you know me as the amazing Creston. And you're listening to me on Animal Radio. Don't forget to spade and neuter those loved ones which we've bonded with, our pets. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And you're giving me that look. Which look is that? You know them all by now, don't you? I'm wearing my skeptical hat. I do this occasionally, sometimes with animal communicators. This time it's a little different. It's a book that just arrived here at the Animal Radio Studios. And it's called Animal Sign to You. And it's about teaching your dogs or animals to sign to you. Sign language. Like sign language. Now, we've seen monkeys do this. We've primates. seen chimp primates. Mm-hmm. I don't get how you how your dog would sign to you. So we figured we'd get the author on. Uh, Sean Seneschal. How, am I, how is your last name pronounced? Uh, Seneschal. My name is Sean Seneschal, and the book name is Animal Sign to You. Tell me a little bit about what you've learned, what you're doing, and explain to me because I'm, I'm a, uh, a skeptic and I'm an idiot. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you have some valid questions there, but basically animal sign is where uh, you enable animals by giving them language education how to sign to you. Now, we, uh, the idea is animals already communicate to us, right? Mm-hmm. They move their body, they bark, but... Oftentimes, we're not sure what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is, um, through communication with the person who worked with Coco, um, uh, as I started this, I've actually come up with a set of movements that I teach dogs, and I teach them to know what they're doing when they're moving. I teach them to sign to me, and we both know what we're talking about. Are are they using their paws? They can use their whole body, but obviously the easiest is to get them to use their paws, Mm -hmm. because they already do, right? But the difference is, let's say a dog wants something. Sometimes they just lift their left paw, and uh, you figure they want something. Right. What I've done is I've um, really made it uh, more specific. Their left paw can mean food, and depending on how they move it, it can mean different kinds of food, chicken, liver. Um, wow. They move their right paw, they will get their toy, mm. an object. Uh-huh. Um, and they can communicate uh, the names of different objects through moving their right paw. Moving their back leg a certain way can indicate different animals, mm. um, you know, large ones, for example, humans. And then moving their other paw will be other, other large objects, like a car. How many can they physically learn at one time? Well, you teach them one at a time, but there it's really limitless as to how many they can do as they get better. Uh, you know, first of all, when they move their left paw, it's uh, food, and they think everything with their left paw is food. Uh, but then you start teaching them, well, if you bring it into your chest, I'll give you liver. If you, uh, you know, kick it up and down, I'll give you chicken. Uh, 
Sean, I want you to think of your most ideal situation that you have right now with a dog that you communicate with or a horse or any other animal that you communicate with. What kinds of information are you getting from this animal? What are they saying to you? Okay, three different categories of types of information. One is something that the animal wants or needs. For example, I've had a, my dog come up to me and sign water. Very specific sign, left paw up to the lower, uh, the lower part of the mouth, very much like the ASL sign. For, that humans use for water. Uh, that tells me, oh, you need water. Okay, fine. Now, some dogs bring their dish to you, but if their dish is too big or they can't lift it, they can come and just tell you, I need water. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to guess. That's one. Another one is obviously the most favorite, which is she comes and she signs a biscuit, mm. meaning I want a biscuit. <laughs> so, of course, you don't always give it to them, but you, <laughs> when you begin, you give it to them. Those are the fun signs. The other one, um, Shawl, uh, can indicate to me where she feels on her body. For example, if she has a pain, she can just distinguish um, the difference between pressure um, and feeling in her upper hip, lower hip, and all I have to do is say, oh, where's your ouch? Um, and she will point to different regions on her body. Wow. Now, she hasn't had to use that, thank goodness, um, well, you know, once she had something on her toe, on her foot, her paw, but um, you teach them to indicate where they feel, and in the mm-hmm. way that you teach it, you leave it available to them to use when they need it. And a veterinarian actually, the veterinarian who worked with Coco, um, suggested uh, teach them to tell me where they hurt because we can't always tell us that they're, they're limping, mm-hmm. that their hip or is it their knee. This way uh, you can. Yeah, sure they can indicate chicken or liver. Do they really know the difference? Uh, yes, they do. Okay. Uh, and um, they can even sign it when they don't even want it, although that's very rare. Uh, I, uh, my dog, these are one of the first signs you work with, the foods, because they're motivated. Um, when I first uh, was uh, teaching Shaw, she will sign a very particular sign for chicken and usually take it. And um, But if I show her liver and I say, what's that? Her paw goes close right into her chest and... There's a picture of that in, uh, in the, the book Animal Sign. So she does know the difference, and um, sometimes I'll have food in my pocket, and I won't even know it. I've done this a few times, or I don't think I've got food, and she's, like, looking at me, signing chicken, signing chicken, and I'm going, what, what? And I reach in my pocket, and there's a piece of chicken. This could get real annoying after a while, because I'll tell you, my three-year-old son, you know, uh, which is about the mentality of some of these animals, just keeps on talking and talking and talking, and eventually, I'm thinking that the dog is going to keep coming over to me, keep telling me he wants a liver treat, and keep doing it, and keep doing it, and really, uh, opening up dialogue I really don't want. Well, you know, this does come up all the time, it's a very good point, but, uh, and I uh, certainly ran into that myself, uh, sitting at the computer with my dog constantly saying, chicken. <laughs> and if I uh, I ignored her initially when she was just tapping me um, and signing chicken, pretending I didn't see, and then she'd tap me really hard and then look at me and then sign chicken, and i go, all right. So um, the way you get around this is after they love what they're doing, so is everything's positive, you then teach them the word later. Mm, okay, ah. okay. And there's a very, uh, you know, a particular technique to do it so that um, they get what you're doing without being frustrated. You, see, you never want to frustrate them when you're doing it. Later is a concept. Yeah, they, although they know it, and the first time they really get it, they can have a little fit. Okay. Um, are there smarter dogs or, or, or not-so-smart dogs that are better to teach this to? Uh, I will say that dogs are different, and they have different um, inclinations. I've only had one dog out of, you know, uh, several, uh, well, 
probably over 40 now, that I've worked with that, that just didn't want to do this. And I've had one horse that wasn't interested. He just wanted the treats. Let me give out the website. It's www.animalsign.org. The book, Animal Sign to You. Signing is not just for primates anymore. Links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. i got to rest my mouth now, I think. <laughs> Sean, give me a call when, they can, when I can teach my cat to pick up my dry cleaning. <laughs> Maybe it could remind you to go pick it up. Mm, okay. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A disagreement about dogs at a wedding left four people shot, including the bride and groom. Although 50 people attended the outdoor Arkansas wedding, the details are still sketchy. Authorities said the shooting happened moments after Melissa Smith and Mike Beavers took their vows along Piney Creek in rural Pope County. Smith the bride said the shooting began after Patrick Paul Duvall's dog started fighting with her dog who was a guest at the wedding. Duvall was not a guest and didn't know the couple. The dog fight started a human fight, which ended up with 29-year-old Duvall shooting the bride and groom, plus two other guests. Three of the guests were driven to the police station in the back of a pickup truck, while police found a fourth victim at the site of the wedding. Patrick Paul Duvall now faces four counts of first-degree felony battery, each of which carries a maximum prison sentence of 20 years and a $15,000 fine. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Hey! You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Zoo2.com, where pet lovers share opinions on anything related to pets, and everything you do earns points to help pet shelters and rescue groups. That's Z-O-O-T-O-O.com, bringing pet lovers together to help pets and each other. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. 
The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Animal Radio is brought to you by Flavicin. Flavicin improves joint function in dogs, keeping cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy, and joints flexible in the body of aging animals. To find out more about this breakthrough formula, visit www.yourolderdog.com. Welcome back. It's Animal Radio, one 405 8405 Celebrating our connection with your pets if you have a medical question. Now's the time to call on-call vet. Dr. Jill is on the phone with us. Hi. How are you doing? Who's this? This is uh, Monica from North Charlotte, North Carolina. Hi, Monica. You're on with Dr. Jill. Hi, Dr. Jill. Hi. How are you, Monica? I'm great. I've got a question for you, and, and, I, and I think maybe we probably shouldn't be doing this, but <laughs> my daughter has found a baby skunk, and Uh-oh. yeah, and it's the sweetest, friendliest thing, and it keeps coming back every day, and she takes carrots out to it, and I'm not sure if we should be feeding it, and if so, what should we feed it, and can we possibly make it a pet? Well, uh, what state are you in? North Carolina. North Carolina. Um, unfortunately, skunks don't make a great pet. There's several reasons why, but one of the big reasons is that they do carry rabies. And I was just speaking to a friend of mine who works at the shelter up in uh, Massachusetts at Second Chance Shelter. She's also an animal control officer, and she was called out in the scene of a dog that had attacked a skunk and killed it. And they had checked the skunk, and the skunk actually came up positive for rabies. And unfortunately, the dog went back to its owners and was playing with the family all weekend. So everybody's off to the doctor for vaccinations. Um, the dog is in quarantine for 45 days. So rabies is a very serious disease. It's almost 100% fatal. So it's really not something that's going to be... Something you don't you don't want to you definitely want to worry about the chances of of having you know the exposure to rabies with the skunk. There are some vaccines that can be given to to skunks that will help prevent it, but it's not a hundred percent prevention. So there's always that chance. And um, also, you know, skunks don't really make that great of pets. They're, um, they can be very aggressive as they get older. They're really cute when they're young, but they can be very aggressive as they get older. And they have the claws, and they they can still bite. So if you do have a young child, it's probably not safe to have them have a skunk as a pet. And also, depending on your state, since it is a pet that does carry rabies, uh, many states, um, skunks are illegal as pets. So it's always a good idea to, ch- to check and see what your your state's re- you know requirements are. Right. But um, those are some things that make me a little bit hesitant of, you know, you having your Skunk as a pet. I mean, it's going to come back every day. Should I try to yeah. catch it and take it to the, to the Humane Society or something just so that, because otherwise, oh, well, I'll get her a cat. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, yeah. Well, she's, going to, yeah. she's going to want to still feed it. Yeah. Well, what you should do is, if I were you, you're in North Carolina. They have a very great vet school in North Carolina. And if you call the vet school, if you check with an extension veterinarian, it's a free service when you live in a state with a vet school. And you can talk to them about it. And they may actually be able to give you some recommendations and have um, somebody 
you know, give the give the um, skunk a, a rabies vaccine just to make sure that it doesn't spread anything and you can still keep it in its natural environment. Um, that, you know, if you're looking for a cat, I definitely would recommend to go to your local shelter. There's so many cats out there that need homes, and cats are, are um, approved by North Carolina, so you can have them as pets. It's great. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking at least I need to get her something to make her happy. Yeah, to, to entertain her. Yeah, yeah. Cats are great. They're real easy to have. I'll just and, get a black and um, white one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, get a black and white one. Call it skunky. Yeah. Or get one that smells really bad. <laughs> Good luck with that there. Let Thank us know how that so turns much. out. Okay. Yeah, thank know. you. Okay. Uh, 1-866-405-8405. You know what? I think cats are legal in all the states. Are they? Yes, I think so. Let's check on that. Well, that's sure. great. <laughs> so everybody should go out and get a new cat. <laughs> Hi, who's this? Um, this is Andrea. Hi, Andrea. How you doing? Fine. I'm calling from Virginia. Where in Virginia? Um, Northern Virginia. Uh, Northern McLean? McLean? McLean, Virginia. But um, I heard you talking about exotic pets. Yeah. And I wanted to let you know that I have a pet hedgehog. A pet hedgehog? He's four months old, and I adopted him from a breeder. And they make wonderful ant- They make wonderful pets. They are just the cutest little things. And, now, um, you went to a hedgehog breeder, you said? Yes. Yes, because um, buying hedgehogs from the breeder... Um, they help them become very socialized and they screen out for illnesses. So they're just wonderful animals. Are, are um, they fun? They're fun little animals, huh? Are they playful? They're very playful. They're very curious. They're very intelligent. Are they legal in all states? No, they're actually illegal in seven states, including California. So you probably don't get a lot of hedgehog collars, but... Now, are they like, uh, what are they like? Because I know ferrets are illegal in California. What are they similar to? They're probably most similar to, like in size, probably a very small guinea pig. Mm -hmm. But um, they don't have any sweat glands, so there's no odor. Um, They don't bite because their primary defense is their quills if they scared or upset they'll kind of huff at you and now, put their... wait 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 a second <laughs> quills so they're they're not the kind of animal that hops into bed with you right no no they live in a cage oh okay but you can sit you can sit and have the hedgehog sitting on your lap they're very curious you can play with them are they nocturnal they are nocturnal but you can get them up during the day and they're <laughs> they're very friendly and now what made you select a hedgehog over a cat or a dog because I've never had an animal before, uh-huh. and I was watching all of the really cute YouTube videos, and I thought this would be a good animal to start with, even though they do require some specialized care. I thought this would be probably the easiest to handle. What kind of specialized care? Well, you have to make sure you maintain a certain temperature because they can go into hibernation if it gets too cold, so mm. usually... 72 to 75 is the perfect temperature for a hedgehog, and you have to be willing to learn how to pick it up and not be upset if it huffs at you or does the forehead quills over the eyes, um, which is so cute. It's so funny when they do that. It's hilarious. But um, And they require special food, which I buy from the breeder. What is their lifespan? Um, two to six years. It sounds like a fun, fun little pet to have. Oh, they're wonderful. They're just absolutely wonderful. What is your hedgehog's name? Um, His name is Spikey. Spikey. (laughs) (laughs) I know, he's so cute. Um, 
But for me, I've never had a cat or a dog, and so I thought, well, this is a good way to get started. And I just, I love him so much. So um, I just wanted to call in and advocate for the hedgehogs. There's some wonderful um, educational websites on hedgehogs. Now, what do hedgehogs play with? Will they play with cat toys? They'll play with cat toys, the little balls. They love to put their heads in, like, toilet paper tubes and run around like maniacs. (laughs) Um, Mine has a little... um, like Tonka truck that he likes to push around. <laughs> so they and he has a wheel that he exercises in and Are they solitary I, creatures or do they like company of another um, hedgehog? They're actually solitary animals, so just having one is just fine. Mm-hmm. And definitely if you put a male and female together, you you better expect babies. Because, you know, you just you just don't do that unless you're going to become a breeder, so. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see a picture. Do you have any pictures? Um there are so many cute pictures on the web, okay. you know, um, there's one website called cuteoverload.com, which has all these cute pictures of just animals, but the hedgehog pictures are the most looked at. Um, <laughs> there's a little side um, menu where you can click on hedgehogs. Mm, uh, and I, I have no association with that website, but... Um, You're just a hedgehog lover. I am, I am. <laughs> And I, I've been listening to your show, and I just have always felt like somebody has to call in with hedgehogs. Well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know? We do talk a lot about cats and dogs, and as you just heard, a raccoon and iguanas. Right. But we want to hear from everybody that has an exotic animal or any kind of animal whatsoever at one 405 8405 We appreciate your call. Give, Thank I'd say you. go give Spike a big old hug for us. But I'm I afraid, will. afraid you'd get quilled to death. No, no. You can pet them. They're very gentle. It's only when they get like, you know, upset or frightened that they'll, like, huff at you and they'll, they'll do the forehead quills over the face. <laughs> well, I'm going to go look at Cute Overload right now and okay. check out the click hedgehog. on the hedgehog menu. They're so cute. The hedgehog menu. How many times do people tell me that? Click yeah. on the hedgehog if menu. If I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank well, you so care. much for calling. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Give your pooch a massage and you'll both feel better. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting. When we pet our dogs, we know by looking into their dreamy eyes how good it must feel. But what about giving our dogs a massage? Well, I think it's a good idea. Petting and massage are different. Massage is a deliberate and focused technique with each stroke controlled in pressure, direction, and intention. Experts claim that massage increases blood circulation and lymph movement and brings a sense of comfort and tranquility. Studies have shown that when people have affectionate contact with their dog's skin for just a few minutes, measurable amounts of positive biochemicals are released into the bodies of both the dog and the person. While we always knew this act made us feel good, we did not know how good it was for us. Petting dogs helps to lower blood pressure, decrease cholesterol levels, minimize stress by dropping cortisol levels, blunt chronic pain, elevate moods, and even raise children's IQ scores. According to Dr. Narda Robinson at Colorado State University, what remains unknown is whether the benefits from massage arise simply from gentle touch or whether the mechanical impact of massage itself yields helpful benefits. With so many massage techniques available, it would be helpful to know which specific method optimizes performance, promotes healing, 
increases relaxation, and prevents injuries. Either way, you should give it a try. You both will benefit from it. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys on Animal Radio. Coming up after the news, the story of a lady who dropped her dog off at a kennel when she went on vacation, and then she got a call while she was on vacation. The worst had happened. All the details on the way. And also, today I'm celebrating what would have been my first cat's 41st birthday, a Siamese seal point cat that is cross-eyed in nature. And yes, we learned earlier that many Siamese cats are cross-eyed, right? Right, and it doesn't affect their vision. I guess they can still see. When I originally showed you the picture, you just started laughing. (laughs) This is the first cross-eyed Siamese cat you've seen? Yes, I have to admit. Here's my impression of Thatcher, my (laughs) cross-eyed cat. She doesn't laugh like this a lot. Uh, You're making me cry. (laughs) I'm crossing my eyes for her. Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA, and when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hello, I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. It takes a bit to drag thirsty blokes away from their beers at an Aussie outback pub, but a rather unusual visitor did just that trick this week. Locals at the Noonamar Tavern, about an hour out of Darwin, the country's northernmost city, couldn't believe their eyes when an adolescent saltwater crocodile about two foot long strolled up to the bar. The mini snapper was quickly rounded up and persuaded to join the boys, albeit with its mouth taped shut, while they awaited wildlife workers from one of the many crocodile farms in the area to come and pick up what's thought to have been an escapee. We've mentioned in past news bulletins about the economy affecting pet owners all around the world. Well, in Japan, an animal lover there has resorted to holding up convenience stores to feed his pets. Japanese media branded Takaharu Kawata the dog man after he was caught on a surveillance camera waving a knife and wearing an oversized black and white dog mask. The 28-year-old told police he'd seen robberies on TV and thought it was the only way he could get enough money to feed his two dogs five cats, five turtles, two snakes and an aquarium of tropical fish. The dog man's now in custody. His pets are being looked after by a pet store. Relatives of a two-year-old Californian boy are now singing the praises of the nutritional content of dried cat food after it saved the life of their little boy in a home alone for six days. The Sacramento Bee says it appears the toddler's mother died of natural causes, leaving the little boy to survive on whatever he could find in the house, which turned out to be dry cat food. A social worker passing the house called police after hearing the toddler crying inside. You won't hear many stories about dog bites in this news bulletin, but sometimes a dog bite can be a good thing. Just ask the New Jersey family of 12-year-old Jessa McMahon, whose dog Princess attacked a man who tried to grab the little girl while the pair were out for a walk. According to Jessica, the German Shepherd Cross Labrador leapt to her defence when the strange man grabbed at her neck, biting the would-be abductor on the leg, scaring him off. Good doggy. 
Well, Brazilian prison officials had a problem. The inmates were somehow getting drugs and cell phones inside, even though they'd installed high-tech surveillance equipment to keep them out. Then they noticed a couple of carrier pigeons looking like they'd had a very big lunch. They were having trouble, in fact, keeping airborne. You guessed it, those crafty crooks in Sao Paulo State Prison had been training the birds to smuggle in goods using cell phone-sized pouches on their backs. Now, like their trainers, the birds are behind bars. That's our Pet News Wrap-Up for this week. I'm Kay Brown, reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Making lemon out of lemonade. That's what we do here at Animal Radio all the time. And I brought Barbara Teckel on the phone with us to tell us about her story. Hi, Barbara. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Very well. I want to talk about your dachshund, Frankie. Who you took to, uh, you went on vacation, right? Yes, in went, Florida. Went on vacation in Florida. And you took Frankie to a uh, kennel or boarding? Where did you take Frankie? Actually, we had left her at a kennel. Uh, we live in Wisconsin, so it was a kennel in Wisconsin. And the, and the worst fear of any animal guardian happened for you Absolutely. while you were gone on vacation. Absolutely. Um, Frankie uh, ended up jumping up onto a container of food and falling over, hitting the cement, and uh, ruptured a disc in her back and had to be rushed into surgery, and I was 1,400 miles away from home, quite frantic, I must say. Um, but luckily I had my sister-in-law who um, rushed her to the hospital, and um, she went into surgery on, at midnight on Easter Sunday, 2006. Ooh, not a good Easter for you, I bet. No, it wasn't, but you know what? It's really turned out to be a huge blessing. Well, what happened? Tell listeners what happened ultimately. Well, Frankie um, went through physical therapy, which I um, uh, learned how to do myself through a, a vet that taught me, um, just some basic physical therapy movements. We also did acupuncture, and I was told if she didn't walk within the first three months, statistically she wouldn't walk again. Mm-hmm. So um, the other option I had, which I was very unaware of um, when Frankie first hurt herself, is um, they make these little dog carts. They're sort of like wheelchairs uh, for people, but they're for dogs. So I ended up ordering one of those for Frankie, and um, she is a dachshund, you have to remember, and she can be a bit stubborn. She's got that little German heritage. Uh-huh. So I thought when I put her in the wheelchair that uh, she would just take off running. No, she just stood there. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, now what? I just paid you know all this money for the wheelchair and hoping she was going to have this great life. And then I remembered that, that she is very motivated by food. Uh-huh. So I took little biscuits, put them um, down the street, and away she went, and <laughs> she's been rolling ever since. <laughs> and uh, does she seem like, uh, you see, the thing I notice about these animals, all animals, is when they're hurt, they're not as hung up as we are as humans about their ailment. Right. That is the biggest lesson I've learned, Hal, from her, is she. there was a time there, it was probably about two and a half months into physical therapy, that I realized she most likely wasn't going to walk again. And honestly, I started to feel sorry for myself and for her. And I just, you know, I'd look at her and I'd think, she doesn't feel sorry for herself. She's just happy to be alive and she's happy to get around no matter, even if I didn't have the card for her, she was just happy as could be. Uh And she really taught me that, you know, 
to not feel sorry for myself. And so that's one of my missions is to teach, especially children, that we all have challenges, but we can find positive choices to our challenges. Oh, that's a lesson I'm still learning today. today. Oh, I know. I mean... <laughs> I, well, we teach what we most need to learn, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How old was Frankie when this happened? She was six years old, and she's actually going to be nine uh, next month. And she, of course, is the star of your new book, Frankie, the Walk, the Walk and Roll Dog. She is the star, and she is my hero. She is absolutely my hero. And because I was so uneducated in disc disease that when I had gotten the call, I really thought I was going to have to put her to sleep. Uh-huh. And um, when I realized what a quality life she has in a dog cart, that's the second part of my mission is to let people know that they have a, a very, very viable option. It's a true inspirational story about a dog whose life started out just like any other dog on all four paws. Check it out. Frankie, the walk and roll dog. Barbara Teckle, thank you so much for joining us today. Please give Frankie a big old hug from all of us. I will do that. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Radio, one 405 8405 I'm in the mood today. Yeah, look at you dance. Boy, it takes a lot to get you going. Well, the phones are lit up for Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Don't forget, if you have a medical question, our on-call vet. Who is it this weekend? Is it Dr. Jill? It's going to be Dr. Jill. one 405 8405 in just a few minutes. And, uh, I thought it was interesting. That last caller with uh, Vlade. You needed a little translation, Vlade. You actually didn't understand the South Carolina yeah, accent. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't because you guys have a lot of states in this country. See, back in the Soviet Union, we had about 13 states, and every, everyone had different accent. And you guys have, um, uh, how many states you have? 50? 50, around 50 or so, yes. Yeah, but you have you don't have as 50 accents, but some of them is really, really to the point to make me think. You know, <laughs> and I become like the loyal, uh, like local person in this country. I don't like to think too much. You know, I just like to straight understand the things quick. <laughs> well, you know what? I got to tell you, uh, listening to you, the more I listen to you, the easier it is to understand. And I wonder if there are people that have have trouble understanding you. If if you do have trouble understanding Vlade, give it ten or fifteen minutes, and you'll you'll be talking <laughs> fluently Russian. <laughs> Hi, who's this? Hi. Chris from Missouri. Hi, Chris. How you doing? All right. Okay, Chris, Chris, Chris. Let me take a charge. I will be alpha male here. And okay. uh, let me very quickly, let's go through the steps very quickly. Just question and answer. Uh, four dogs. Breeds. What the breeds are there? What ages and, and sex? Uh, Gender. The oldest is a female husky shepherd mix. She's 14. Okay. Uh, That's the, the next, problem one? Uh, she's one of the problems. Um, I can guess. Go ahead. Uh, the next one is six years old. She's black lab and greyhound mix. That could be Democrat. That could be no problem. <laughs> and then I've got one that's a chow and sharpay mix. <laughs> and then I've got a beagle. The problem I have with the beagle is I can't get him to stop digging. He actually tunnels his way out of the pen we've got. 
As far as ju- uh, stopping your dog from digging in your backyard, make sure get that dog in the backyard. And this is natural instinct. They dig, and maybe the dog is too bored. So basically, I would do two things. I would address the cause by giving him more exercise, physical and mental. In that particular area, toss the ball, fetching, put the leash and collar, working on obedience. And after that, supply him with a nice toy so he could play around. And if he tried to dig after that, I would use remote controllable devices. For instance, like citronella oil spray commander would work awesome. You just hike like KGB and watch when the dog is digging and have to push the button and the dog will associate it with, uh, with uh, unpleasant um, reaction to the digging. Okay? Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Today I'm going to talk about five common moths and uh, five, five. What was that? Five common moths. Moths. Sorry for my accent. Five five common myths about the dog training and the reality checks. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Shelley Morrison from Willing Grace, and I'm on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pets. Please. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by Return Wa Pet Tag. You can protect your cat or dog this summer with Return Wa Pet Tag. Over 90% of lost pets with Return Wa Pet Tags reunite with their owners. It's simple, convenient, confidential, and rewarding. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Have you seen the latest Band of Blings? Don't know what a Band of Bling is? Band of Blings are a classy new way to wear the old classic pet bandana. Adorned with beautiful jacquard trims, embroidered appliques, and whimsical charms, Bandablings are the only pet bandana with a unique adjustable snap closure. Just snap on, snap off, and go. No more ties or Velcro. Check out www.bandabling.com to find a retailer near you. Celebrating our connection with our pets. (laughs) 
from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Did you see Greatest American Dog last week? Yes, I did. I really enjoyed it. Victoria Stillwell. <sighs> see, you just watched it for her. I watched it because I wanted to see who was the greatest American dog. Well, of course, and she was a good judge. And of course, you may know her from Animal Planets. It's me or the dog. And now they're coming to the U.S. They're filming in the U.S. And August 23rd, they're having a Los Angeles casting call. All the details can be found at AnimalRadio.com. We'll be broadcasting live from that, by the way. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Carla. Hi, Carla. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Where are you calling from? Panama City Beach, Florida. Oh, a beautiful place. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> What can we do for you today, Carla? Well, I have a problem with a kitten who uh, was going to the litter box, but now she's chosen to go elsewhere in the house, uh-huh. under the bed, uh, other places. And how old is your kitten? She's probably about three or four months old. When did you add her to the household? Uh, she was born in the house. Oh, really? Good. Fun, yes. fun experience, huh? Oh, absolutely. Are there other cats in the household? Yes, we have a total of six in the house. Okay, any big major changes you can correlate with the out-of-the-box urination? No, none at all. Okay, a litter changes. How many litters do you have? Boxes. Yes, yes. how many boxes do you have? Two boxes. And how many cats? Uh, six. Oh, Carla, I think that's your problem right there. You don't have enough litter boxes. The rule of thumb with cats is you should have one litter box for every cat Plus one. So that's seven litter boxes, seven right? Seven litter yes. boxes. Really? <laughs> yes. And what's happening is that either the kitten's being intimidated by the other cats, they're not letting them in the box, they guard it, and if you have one in every room, not every cat can guard it, there's going to be a free litter box that that kitten's going to be able to go to on its own, and you need to clean them out every day, scoop them out every day. Here's the stumper question. When your cat, your kitten goes out of the box, is it only urination or does he also defecate out of the box? Mm, Yes. (laughs) Both? He does both. Number one and number two. Yeah, I think the problem is he's not able to get at the litter boxes and make sure that you have, you know, ones that he can climb in. Uh, Some cats are particular about covers, you know, some like them covered, some don't. And don't hide them, you know, don't line them up all in one place. The trick is to put them in separate locations around the house. Right. We have the two and they're in separate rooms and they get scooped out probably at least three or four times a day Uh because of the number of cats. Yeah, you still, you got you to gotta get some more litters in there, Carla. All right. We'll put one in every room. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, I bet you that'll cure your problem. We hear about I that every so. couple of weeks. Yeah. I hope that'll help. Carla, yeah. thank you so much for listening. And thank you. one 405 8405 By the way, those phones are open all week long, even through the holidays. We make Rito answer them. <laughs> Why not? Why not? He's an intern, right? Do we pay Guido? No, interns don't get paid. You can also, I don't know what you were going to say there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you didn't. You can also email us at yourvoice at animalradio.com with your questions during the week, and we'll hook you up with either Dr. Jill or Vladi or one of the many experts here. Now, coming up next, we're talking about the French Festival. Ooh la la. It's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. Don't go anywhere. Dogs or cats, 
horse or emu. Animals are people too. A dog who sniffed out survivors at Ground Zero at the World Trade Center in New York will soon be cloned. Tracker, a German Shepherd, lives with his owner James Symington in Los Angeles. The 15-year-old hero was picked by BioArts International as the most clone-worthy canine in a competition, offering an owner a free chance to replicate their pet. Symington said he and Tracker were among the first search and rescue teams to arrive at Ground Zero after the September 11th attacks, and Tracker was responsible for finding the very last survivor under about 30 feet of debris. He added to know that part of him is going to live on is just beyond words. It's the greatest gift I've ever received. The clone dog could be ready by the end of the year. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Does your dog have a certain je ne sais quoi? Ooh, say that again? <laughs> je ne sais quoi. <laughs> what does that mean? Do you know? Uh, no, you're not saying anything. I do it this way, I do it this way. I'm not too fromage. I, I, really, I took Spanish in uh, <laughs> high school, as you probably could tell. It shows, yes. <laughs> but that doesn't keep me from enjoying the French and the French festivities that are happening. Uh, in one of our affiliate towns of Santa Barbara, we have... We who, have Steve hey, Ogerman. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Good morning, bonjour, Hal. Bonjour. And Judy. No, that, that wasn't a terrible accent. That was acceptable. <laughs> I liked the way you said fromage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheese, there I am. I, I got that down. Hey, listen, you called us because you, you listen on uh, KTMS there in Santa KTMS Barbara. KTMS 990, yes, sir. And uh, coming up in Santa Barbara is the big French festival. Now, I've lived in that area, and frankly, this is the first time I've heard about it. How long has this been going on? Well, over two decades, my mon ami. Uh, this is the 21st <laughs> annual French festival, and it is the largest French celebration anywhere in the western United States. And what kind of things will be going on? And I'll, I'll tell listeners in just a second why we're having you on, because, you know, yeah, French there, festival, animal There is right? a pet connection. There is that connection. <laughs> um, no, well, underneath the towering, uh, the big, huge Eiffel Tower, you will find a strolling accordion players and red and white checkered tablecloths and uh, people dining and being happy, full of joie de vivre, eating all kinds of great French food, crepes to Cajun to scrumptious mm. desserts, um, snails, escargot, and then nonstop entertainment on three stages. Ah, you don't sound French yourself, are you? I, I was born and raised in Santa Barbara, but I have traveled <laughs> Extensively in France, so I was inspired from the inside out. And on one of my trips to France, I uh, was in a little restaurant and struck up a conversation with the lady across from me. And uh, she is now my wife, and she is very French. Oh, wow! Well, you see, the thing I love about the French—I mean, there's a lot of things that I love about the French—but we go to France and outdoors in the cafes, you can actually have your your dogs and your animals there. They really respect your animals, even inside. Well. 
technically in Paris and France, it's against the rules, and yet universally you see little doggies in restaurants. Sometimes the restaurants even have the uh, caniche uh, or the the chien, the doggy menu, posted outside, and that's a fact. Mm, Okay, (laughs) so make the connection for uh, animal radio listeners. What's happening at the French Festival? And by the way, that's tomorrow night, uh, starting at what time? At 5.30? The French Festival is always Bastille Day weekend, so July 12th and 13th this year. And it's at 5.30 p.m.? No, no, it's, uh, well, no, the, the festival is from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Oh. But what you're homing in on okay. is 5.30 Sunday afternoon is one of the most popular of the many uh, acts and performances at the French Festival, and that is the famous Poodle Parade. Ooh. And that's why we're talking <laughs> to Animal Radio. I can't imagine this. There's a bunch of uh, poodles parading around. It is. I, when I started it, I had no idea what this would be the 20th annual Poodle Parade. Oh, now is it only poodles? Well, um, no. Um, it's, it's a very casual sort of a thing. It's not a down the street parade. It's an up and over the stage parade. Oh, okay. And there are predominantly poodles. And I might interject there. Everything from I've had, I mean, just quaffed, um, genuine. Uh, top-of-the-line, award-winning show poodles, and I've had little cockapoos, and now we're seeing, what are they, labradoodles. And, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, and so and little scruffy, all kinds of poodles. This year in particular, well, I've always invited bichons, which are with their big, round, puffy heads. They're uh-huh. another French dog, and they're very poodle-esque. Um, and every now and then we get a papillon, which is another French mm-hmm. breed. They've got mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. big ears. And do you know what papillon means in French? No, what does it mean? Butterfly. Oh, ah. so their ears are reminiscent of butterfly. Mm, yeah. like. Okay, good to know. And then this year I got a bunch of emails uh, from a breed I guess that's getting more and more popular. Oh, why can't I bring my French bulldog <laughs> to the poodle parade? So I said, oh, what the heck, why not? So there'll probably be some French bulldogs there as well. And, of course, last week we were talking about the uh, pit bull costume, the poodle pit bull costume that you can put your pit bull in a poodle costume. Yeah. Have you heard about these poodle costumes? No. Oh, they sell poodle costumes? Poodle costumes for your German Shepherds and all those dogs that might be banned from your city with yes. the new the breed ban. A poodle yeah. disguise. Yes, poodle well, disguise. Many years ago, uh, a very popular entry, and uh, these similar ones pop up every now and then. I didn't know they made formal poodle costumes, but years ago, this dog came up over the stage, and everyone was laughing because it did not look like an ordinary poodle. It looked suspiciously like a, a, a Labrador retriever <laughs> wearing a lot of big crepe paper puffs. So I asked the lady, is this a poodle? And she said, yes. And I said, what's its name? And she said, oh, this is Mademoiselle Pseudo Poodle. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, it looks like a lot of fun. It all's happening this weekend. Is there a website that we, I guess? Absolutely. And uh, by the way, you can go to the, there's some photo galleries, and you can look at uh, all the poodles from Poodle Parade's past. So easy website to remember. Please check it out, www.frenchfestival.com. And, of course, if you're listening in Santa Maria on KSMX or in San Luis Obispo on KVEC, it's a short drive. Just I to- have had, you guys, I've had poodles come all the way from Denver. Seriously, just for the Poodle Parade. Okay, you XM satellite radio listeners, (laughs) head on to the Poodle Parade at the French Festival. I think this year I'll even have a contest. Who's the furthest away Poodle? And I hope to see everyone at the French Festival. Very good. It's FrenchFestival.com. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Merci beaucoup. Au revoir.
This is Animal Radio Network. Network.